Being a financial grown-up, it's pretty hard. We know that. And that's why we need to be focusing on financial wellness. According to PwC, the majority of employees said that financial worries had a negative effect on their overall health and well-being. Money stress is expensive for companies. Workers are less productive and more likely to leave a job. They also have higher healthcare costs when they are worried about their money. Not surprising, as if healthcare costs weren't already sky high. Financial Wellness Strategies is here to help by providing engaging and yes, delightful workshops and educational programs for employees to better control finances. Anyone can lecture and run numbers. We talk about real life money stuff. Topics include setting up the best grown-up everyday money habits, managing those social media temptations to splurge, strategies to shop for the best deals at the best time, demystifying and really understanding financial lingo, strategies to steer friends and family away from those bad money decisions, and how to know when you should ignore the math that says you should do one thing with your money and focus on your goals, even when it isn't the best, quote, financial decision. It's time for your company to invest in peace of mind with financial wellness strategies. Get in touch for more information at financialwellnessstrategies.com. Welcome to the Wellness for Financial Grownups podcast. I am your host, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of Launching Financial Grownups and the founder of Financial Wellness Strategies, which we're going to talk about. We are approaching the middle of the calendar year, and so it's a great time for all of us, myself included, to take stock and reflect on how things are going. I'm super excited for those of you that are hitting on all cylinders and getting it done and just scoring on all fronts. That's great. But for me, if we're being honest, things have been going okay. Earlier this year, I launched that new business I mentioned, Financial Wellness Strategies, and it's been gaining traction, but it's not a massive company yet. I also know that these things are never the overnight instant hit that you dream of. I remember, for example, when my first book came out back in 2016, How to Be a Financial Grown-Up, I got a ton of amazing press and media support in the weeks around its release. A friend of mine asked me how I did all that in just a few weeks. Well, it wasn't just a few weeks. The truth is I had been working on that press for about three years and yet to her, it looked like an instant hit. She wasn't really aware of all the behind the scenes work that I had done over such a long period of time. So that brings us to this week's quote. It is from one of the founders of Twitter, Biz Stone. Quote, timing, perseverance, and 10 years of trying will eventually make you look like an overnight success. Timing, perseverance, and 10 years of trying will eventually make you look like an overnight success. So to all of you, hang in there and keep at it. The quote also hits home with the interview that I am sharing this week. So I met Tori Dunlap soon after my first book came out. So it was around 2017, a little bit after the book. Tori had a full-time job and a lot of ambition. The full-time job, I should say, was for someone else, not herself. She was eager and a hard worker, but again, she was working for someone else, doing social media, and then she had her own venture, which at the time was called Victory Media on the side. But I was impressed, and when Tori asked to be on my podcast, this is back in 2018, it was an easy yes. 
So at the time, she had not even created the her first 100K brand that fast forward to now has made her millions. It was such smart marketing. I remember her emailing me with this idea ahead of releasing it and introducing it and asking for me to connect her to my media contacts. She was never shy about leveraging her network and she's smart about it. Tori was gonna save $100,000 by age 25 and she wanted everyone to know it. It was gonna be the basis for a whole platform and marketing campaign. Well, she did it and she used it as planned to build this brand over a number of years. Not an overnight success, but a huge success. She now has the Financial Feminist Podcast and best-selling book by the same name. Oh, and she also has millions of TikTok followers. Tori came back on the podcast earlier this year to talk about all of her new adventures and that book. Here is Tori Dunlop. Tori Dunlop, my friend, you are so much a financial grown-up and a financial feminist. So good to have you back. Thank you for having me. It's been a minute. I have been watching your star rise. You are now out with, and I have the privilege, we had some scheduling things. So I get to interview you. Your book's been out about a month, super bestseller everywhere, New York Times, the whole deal, your podcast, top of the charts. How are you feeling? I know you're taking a big vacation. I'm feeling pretty tired, but very fulfilled. This was very much a team effort. Me and my team worked really, really hard. And yeah, New York Times was something that I had just nonstop thought about really for, I mean, my entire life, but especially like the last six months to a year. And it was so validating to have that happen, but also a really interesting thing where I'm like, okay, what now? So we're going to take a vacation and figure that out. Definitely deserving a vacation. And I love that you said that because we were just talking, you were on my podcast. We'll put the link October 3rd of 2018, still in a nine to five, still under <laughs> yeah. a different brand before you came up with the genius that is her first 100K, such a great brand name and financial feminist. How is that even available? Cause it's so perfect in the before times. I know when I came out with my first book, which was around the time I met you probably, um, it came out in 2016. I probably met you 2017 ish. People were shocked. They're like, how did you get in Cosmo Magazine? How did you get all this press coverage and everywhere all over the place and all the TV? And I was like, yeah, you just didn't notice that I was working two jobs for like years. Talk to me about that. I mean, what advice, for example, would you give to the Tory that I met in the before times? Mm, Worry less. I'd tell Mm -hmm. that to yesterday's Tory and I'd tell that to today's Tory and future Tory. My ambition has been kind of a drug for me where it's got me where I am. I also, it's very easy to like overdose if we're continuing the metaphor. Like it's, it's so interesting because back in 2018, I had all of these aspirations and all these goals and I've achieved most of them and I still want to keep going. And so it's just really interesting to think about I was very concerned with how much, you know, I wanted things and the timeline it was happening. And it's like, truly it all works out at some point. And I joke that like the business I knew I was capable of in 2018, if a genie had come out of the bottle and then like, here's the business, I wouldn't have been equipped to run it. I wouldn't have had the skill set. I wouldn't have had the experience and the the trials and tribulations. And so it's so interesting even to think about, what was that? Almost five years ago where it's just absolutely nuts to think about how much has changed in that time. But also I, I, the common question I get now from people, which is very sweet, is it's like, did you ever think? And I'm like, yeah, 
I did. And that's a very, we don't like hearing women say that, right? You're supposed to say like, oh my God, I never thought, I never thought I was capable of this. I never thought any of this would happen. And I'm like, no, I knew, but I just didn't know when and I didn't know how. And I was very impatient. So I would say, worry less, <laughs> be, be excited where you're at. Worry less, but also one thing that struck me in remembering some of our sort of behind the scenes conversations, and we've had a few over the years, I remember talking to you soon after you sort of blew up on TikTok. One thing you said to me was, I didn't just go on. I took a step back first. I watched and I listened. And by the way, you're in my book, Launching Financial Grownups, and you talk about the importance of taking a step back and listening. And in that case, it's about generational communication about money. But you've always yeah. been someone that even though you have this ambition, you're very thoughtful and intentional. This is not something that happened accidentally. It's not something where you got lucky. You actually had plans and then implemented them. So talk to people about that, whether it's TikTok or whatever their sort of goal that is going to shock people when they say, I will be doing this. Talk about how you plan. Yeah. I mean, the first thing is I have a ton of privilege, right? So it's like how much of this is hard work and how much of this is privilege? I think it's both, right? So that's the first thing to really talk about. Second, I talk about this in my book, Financial Feminist, but I think especially as women are a member of any marginalized group is you have big dreams until society tells you that they're too big. And this happens all the time, right? You have you have these big aspirations as a kid, right? I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a this. And it's like, and then at some point society tells you play smaller, take up less space. And I think actually one of the big, bravest, most outrageous things you can do is say things that might shock people. Of like, you're going to do that? And I'm like, yeah, of course I'm going to do that. And also with women is that we do have the tendency because we've been told to play small is we set these like smaller goals for ourselves because we're worried of failure. And the truth is, it's like even my 100K goal, you know, back in the day when I was starting my own 100, you know, trying to progress towards saving 100K at 25, I remember my dad, well-intentionedly, but he called me and he was like, so you've gone public with this goal. What if you don't hit it? And I'm like, then I have (laughs) $80,000. And like, that's still a huge accomplishment. And like, yeah, I might not hit it, but I purposely set a goal that was felt a little challenging and felt at times like, how am I going to do this? As opposed to just like, oh yeah, I'll save the money that I know I can during, you know, period of time. And so when you're setting goals, it's a big, brave thing to shock people with how big they are, but shock yourself too. Be like, I'm not exactly sure how this is going to happen, but I'm going to set it and work towards it. And even if it doesn't happen, I've still made a ton of progress. So this is your first of many bestsellers, no doubt. I've written two (laughs) books, not New York Times bestsellers. So guys, help me out. And again, this is being recorded about a month after it's been out. So you've been talking to people, you've been hearing reactions, you have a huge audience that gives you feedback and they are not shy about it. If you could take one sort of theme from the book that you wish you had said more about or that you regret you didn't say enough about, however Mm. you want to phrase it, given the reaction of your audience, what would that be? What do you wish you sort of said more of and maybe would be the sort of light to the next book, the sort of pathway to your next book? Yeah. That's a great question. I haven't really thought about that. I mean, obviously I'm biased, but most of the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive. I think that it was a really great opportunity for me to create something very tangible and physical for a very digital business. And I think that that's just been so thrilling as being able to 
give money advice that also acknowledges all of the systemic barriers and the patriarchy and also like insert a Timothy Chalamet reference or an (laughs) office quote. And like, that's very much me. So like the vast majority, and especially from our audience, like people have been loving it, which is lovely. I don't wish I had done this differently, but it's a good reminder. Some people come to the book and they're like, all right, I'm ready for more. And that's right. a perfect segue into like next book because this is a very right. like Well, I guess that's I what think, I'm asking you. Is what do you right. what resonated the most? I guess is what I'm asking. What yeah. really hit home that you're like, yeah, I think like for me, I there was a chapter where I literally go through um how a paycheck looks and what you need to know about each thing, all this, mm. you know, ridiculous jargon that they put in. And there was talk at one point that I should cut it out because everyone knows it. That chapter hits home. People love it. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, I should do more of like this is literally what all the acronyms are. What for you stands out like, oh my God, they love this. I had it in there, but I didn't really I underestimated how important this theme was. I think the question I keep getting asked, book and other things, when we get feedback from people which we get messages now like every five minutes and it's so humbling. And it's always like, I, you know, paid off $10,000 of debt. I negotiated 20% raise. But the interesting thing, it is always the second part that just hits me in the face, which is comma. And I feel so much more confident in every aspect of my life now. And one of the things that we really talk about internally as a team with her first hundred K is like, We're not really a financial company. We are a Mm -hmm. women's or a feminist company that happens to talk about money. And that confidence, when you are financially whole and financially stable, ripples through every aspect of your life. And so actually, that's something I'm really interested in exploring more of is like, what does it feel like to be confident as a woman? And how does that actually all stem from getting your financial stuff together. Because I think you show up differently in your relationships. You show up differently in your career. Like I know if I go on a date and a man disrespects me, it's like, I don't have the time for you. I'm not (laughs) going to do this. I don't need anything from you, right? I don't need money Mm -hmm. from you. I don't need stability. I have built that for myself. If I go into a work with a client, right? Or if I was still working a nine to five and yet I had this financial stability, I can leave at any time. I can say like, actually, this isn't serving me anymore. And what, again, we were talking about playing small versus playing big. What an incredible opportunity to walk into any room and know, A, I belong here. And B, if things get uncomfortable, I don't have to be here because I have the confidence, the stability, the option to walk away. That's one thing we're really interested in exploring in the future and potentially with a second book or a third book is like, what does that look like to not only be financially confident, but to use that confidence to show up differently in every aspect of your life? So brilliant. And it really ties into something we're talking about so much on the podcast for 2023, which is financial wellness, that it's not just about the numbers. It's about how you approach the numbers, because sometimes you can't solve your problems overnight. And sometimes because of the systemic issues, you can't solve them at all. And you have to find workarounds to just make your life work. Can you talk a little bit about the idea of financial wellness and how that impacts our overall well-being? Yeah. I mean, specifically with women, I think it's really interesting because we have these different definitions of like wellness, right? And a lot of it's been like uh, gentrified and commodified. But financial wellness seems to often get left out of the conversation, right? It's physical Mm -hmm. wellness. It's now mental wellness, which is so important. But it's also like, again, if you want to go to therapy, you need money. (laughs) Like you want to go to the gym, you need money for a gym membership. And like uh, financial wellness is actually the thing that is the hinge for all of the rest of it. And I think there's something so beautiful about this idea of, again, when you have money, you have options. 
And that you can use money to buy stability and happiness and to try to navigate capitalism to the best of your ability. We talk in the book about the personal finance equation. A lot of people think it's 100% personal choices, right? My not-so-secret nemesis, Dave Ramsey, likes to think that it's 100% personal choices, right? And the reason you're not rich is because you don't work hard. And like you said, I think it's about 20% personal choices and 80% systemic factors like racism, ableism, sexism, homophobia, recession, lack of paid family leave, all of the things that you're up against uh, as a, you know, not an individual, but at a society level. And so all we can do is try to navigate it to the best of our ability to try to take care of ourselves so that when we're taken care of, we can start changing the world for everybody else. But I think that starts with, like you said, financial wellness. That starts with you putting your oxygen mask on first, you can then help others. Mm-hmm. And so you can also create a plane where everybody gets an oxygen mask. It's not just for a select few individuals. Tori, thank you so much. I love watching your star shine brighter and brighter. Tell everyone, the few people that may not know where to follow you, find you, all the things. We know everyone, your book Your book is everywhere. Sold out some places, by the way. Let's just put that out there. But give your plugs. Thank you, Bobby, for your support of me since the beginning. Her First 100K is where you can find me, H-E-R-F-I-R-S-T-100-K.com, at Her First 100K and all the socials. And I host the Financial Feminist Podcast, and I'm the author of the Financial Feminist book. Thank you, Tori. Thank you. We all want to live our best financial grown-up lives. One way to do that is to know that the people that we care about are also in a good place when it comes to their money. That might mean our kids, our grandkids, and yes, even our friends. But how? I mean, it's kind of awkward. You see them struggling, pretending to know more than they do, or just making bad money decisions, but you don't know what to say. And even if you say something supportive, then what? That's why I wrote Launching Financial Grownups. In Launching Financial Grownups, I share the tools and strategies so you know what to say to take the pressure off and give those you love the confidence they need. It's all about giving those we care about the right amount of help at the right time so they can not only learn what they need to know about being financial grownups, but also be confident that they can do it and that you will be there to cheer them on. Pick up a copy of my book, Launching Financial Grownups. I promise you'll be so happy that you did. One of my favorite things that Tori talked about was financial wellness, of course, saying, put on your oxygen mask first so you can help everyone, but then take it a step further and think about creating a plane where everyone gets an oxygen mask. So take it bigger. This week's extra credit is inspired by Tori's idea of taking care of yourself first as a way to sort of be a better person for everyone else, right? So think of a gift that you would bring to a friend's party, maybe like a hostess gift, basically. Something inexpensive that just shows thoughtfulness and not too serious. Buy it for yourself. Don't spend too much money, but just treat yourself a little. So in my case, I bought this shower equivalent of bath bombs that I recently discovered in my local Target. They're called shower steamers. I got the mixed ones, which are lavender, coconut, and vanilla, and it cost about $10. So I would love to hear what you guys get on your self-splurge. You can DM me on Instagram at bobbyrebel one and also follow me on TikTok. Speaking of Tori's TikTok following, you guys should be following me. It's just under my name, Bobby Rebel. 
Now, if you are enjoying the podcast, even better, share it with your community. Take a quick screenshot and share on social. Tag me at BobbyRebel1 on Instagram. And please follow on TikTok, like I said, where I post tips and clips from various media appearances and get some free money tips, by the way. Free is always good. Subscribe to my Substack newsletter, bobbyrebel.substack.com. Biggest thanks to Tori for helping us be financial grownups. Make sure to get her book, Financial Feminist, and let's all remember to invest in peace of mind. Wellness for Financial Grownups is a production of BRK Media. Editing and production by Steve Stewart. Guest coordination, social media support, and show notes by Ali Bourbon. Artwork by Chelsea Perez. You can find the podcast show notes, which include links to resources mentioned on the show, as well as show transcripts by going to my website, bobbyrebel.com. To get even more out of this podcast, make sure you are also on our newsletter list to get more free content to live your best financial grown-up lives. There is a link in the show notes, but you can also sign up by going to bobbyrebel.com or financialwellnessstrategies.com and be a friend. Share the podcast with your friends and anyone you think might like it by taking a screenshot and sharing it on social media. Make sure to tag me on Instagram at bobbyrebel1. While you're there, follow me. If you DM me that you listen to the podcast, I will follow you back. You can also leave a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Reading each one means the world to me. And please support our merch shop, grownupgear.com, by picking up fun gifts for your grown-up friends and treating yourself as well. Finally, my grown-up friends, don't forget to invest in peace of mind. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>